Mission Impossible, we love the film for the suspense, but we also love the film for the stunts. <laughs> they are incredible, and you're doing all of them. And sometimes it's very dangerous. I mean, I know you're super prepped and you work like crazy. Oh, it's but, still super dangerous. I don't. <laughs> but you're still risking your life, monsieur. And uh, I mean, you have kids, you have a company, you have uh, tons of movies. I mean, no. why do you do it? You know, no one asked Gene Kelly, why do you dance? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> why do you do your own dancing? back to Rotten Rewind. What do we do here? We're a podcast that is now on Patreon. You are probably listening to this episode on patreon.com. And yeah, so thank you, you. Yeah, thank you so much. Wow, this is our first Patreon episode. It's a new day. This it's is a new mini series. It's the birth a it's day. the birth of a new era for Rotten Rewind. We're a podcast that, you know, every week we we typically pair a couple of movies that they couldn't crack the 60% threshold on rottentomatoes.com. So, if a film scores 59% and under, it's fair game for us. If we it give, flies below. <laughs> if it flies recklessly below the 60% <laughs> threshold, baby, we're going to talk about it at some yeah. point. In our new bonus episodes though, you could even skirt just above the 60% threshold the and 60s. we'll talk about you in the 60s. You get a passing grade. But no higher than 69, which is just how we like it. But yeah, I'm Max Rue. Who are you? Yeah. I'm Courtney Peranto. Hi. And hey, what's Hi. up? Hey. Hey. And who's hey. here with us today? Jake, you're just our most regular at this point, I think. I'll sign Goose. Yeah, you're you're our goose. I will die in a tragic accident. <laughs> oh, you God. will die tragically. Either way, yeah, I was gonna say you could be ice, but you'll just die of cancer, and that's no. Yeah, you and I would be. Yeah, I think I'd probably rather be ice, though. I really? mean, you would rather yeah. be ice. Who wouldn't be rather be ice? Well, when I was a kid, my brother and I watched this movie a lot. And uh, oh. whenever he played video games, he was Maverick. And wow. I didn't really understand movies that much. Wait, like, so oh, there you... was a game to go with it? No, no, it was just like any video game and you could like type your name in. Uh, I was always yeah. Goose. Oh. And yeah. I didn't know why. And then I like paid more attention to movies and I was like, hey, it means I'm dead. But it really kind of makes sense because I sucked at video games. You're like our, you're our Merlin. You're the Tim Robbins, you know? <laughs> I'm too tall. You're too tall. <laughs> you, you care too much about 9-11. You've read the commission report. Some of it. And you have definitely had sex with Susan Sarandon. These are things that we know about you. <laughs> That's a dream. Well, I guess we should These say are... that we're, we're you're, kicking you're... off the, t- the Tom Cruise month. It's Cruise <laughs> month, baby. God. It's Cruise, Cruise control. Yeah. This is the per- well, Cruise hasn't released a movie in, in four years since Mission Impossible Fallout. So we're talking about we're talking about the birth of the, I think, modern blockbuster in the 80s with the Tom Cruise blockbuster, at least, with Top Gun. Yeah. Directed by the late great tony scott it's also it's also been 10 years this month since tony scott's death really so yeah it's been 10 years it's a very emotional month for us here on the podcast we're watch unstoppable yeah watch any tony scott movie i don't Mm -hmm. care even if it's domino just watch it you know support him Yeah, yeah, yeah we're kicking off a month of fucking cruise baby this is cruise control yeah. He doesn't have a lot of rotten movies, but he we, doesn't. He doesn't, because like we said, Tom Cruise doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's yeah, very I was like looking samurai. at his IMDb his and last I was, samurai, or, uh, rotten? No. Ooh. No. Is Cocktail the most rotten? Yes. Cocktail is going to be the most rotten movie we've ever talked about on this podcast. No. It's a, it has a seven percent movie. What what was blame it on Rio? 
Oh, it wasn't 7%. It wasn't good. It wasn't good, but it wasn't seven. I don't think we've gotten into seven yet. Have we not gotten in, into the single digits? I think Jawbreaker was the lowest. Okay, okay. Blame it on Rio's is 8%. Okay, never mind. So, so Cocktail, you're, you're, is, BD, you're right, is, Cocktail but... is setting a new record at 7%. But Top Gun is not. Top Gun's at 56%. Top Gun is one that- It's I think, almost. Yeah, I think it's a lot of people- low. It's Well, I think a lot of people probably don't even think of this movie as being- because. I, I can't imagine most people would think that Top Gun is rotten. No, people were shocked that we got to do. Yeah. We get to do Top Gun. We get to do, it's a 56% and who knows, with some recent reviews coming out, like maybe- It's going to be fresh soon. I mean, yeah. in contrast to, to the new one. Yeah, in contrast I mean, to the new one, yeah. Which is- How much? To, yeah. How high did you say it ranked? The new one? Yeah. No, the old one. 56%. No, already in like the day it took for you to like, it's at 57% now. Wow. Okay. So things it's are, already things are changing up. quick on the podcast. Yeah. Okay. This, um, is, this is big. Um, like from the front lines of Rotten Tomatoes. God, this is Top why Gun people just moved up a percent in the This last is why you got to get on Patreon because this is what you're going to be experiencing. <laughs> you're going to be experiencing live tomato meter <laughs> results. Oh my God. No, we are live at Rotten Tomatoes. Top Gun is climbing. <laughs> It's you a guys send- need to have like a like a text messaging like your Patreon uh, patrons oh, yeah. give you their like te- their phone number and you just text them when uh, the tomato meter. Moves. Give us your phone number. <laughs> yeah. Give or us your personal Tony information. We're gonna need just social security. We're gonna need all of this. We're gonna text you tomato meter results, <laughs> live results. We're gonna text you Tony Scott facts. This is gonna be great. We're gonna text you photos of Michael Ironside, who plays Jester in this movie, a man who I confused with Jack Nicholson when I was a child. Oh. When people are talking about like, we don't have character actors that just look like drunk used car dealers anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he's That's- a great all time bag. Yeah, he rocks. I think we're all cruise fans here. I think that I was the most reticent and I do think that watching all these movies in close succession yeah. has really like turned me like I revisited Risky Business the other day which of course is not rotten but just because I wanted to be around that cruise charm a little bit longer a little bit more. Yeah, I'm not I'm not immune to him now. What's surprising to me is that this movie is rated PG. He was I think it was right before, right before the, the rating system started to change. I mean cuz there's not a ton in it. There's not a very, ton. It's not very, it's a horny movie though it's just very horny yeah well and also like goose's rap moment is like it's upsetting it's sad i've been trying to catch up on some cruise movies that i had never seen and including the ones on this podcast in the last two weeks i've watched eight tom cruise movies and god i feel like a fucking new man i feel good seriously like if that's what scientology is doing to people i know i'm open to this at this point i I get it i get why people turn to this shit i have a theory about tom cruise's trajectory though Mm -hmm. is that it's all to do with who he was married to at the time because now he's married to mimi rogers is that right at this time no, yeah, and the in during during the production of this, he was married to Mimi Rogers, and this is kind of like they were married young. at this time. Yeah, he's young too. Yeah, she he was got like married young. six or seven years older than he was too, or they may have gotten married right after this. I was gonna okay. say, yeah, 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 it was like it was around this time. But I just I just think like his young hunky phase, mm-hmm. Mimi Rogers, and he's married to a much older, not much older, but just an older woman. Right. Then he finds Nicole Kidman, and I feel like this is his most normal run, where he's like. It Jerry is his Ma- most normal run. Mission Impossible, Jerry Maguire, Magnolia. Vanilla Sky. Well, I guess that's Vanilla Sky's post-divorce. Yeah, and then yeah, Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, is right at the end. When Divorce was Collateral? 
2004. That was 2004. So that'd have been right before Katie Holmes. Then he kind of loses his mind with Katie Holmes, but he makes pretty great movies. When he divorces, or Katie Holmes leaves him because he's crazy. Don't sue me, Tom Cruise. He's not going to sue you. He's just going to have you killed, dude. <laughs> After Katie Holmes, he goes into his phase of trying to ask God to kill him by just mm -hmm. doing the most insane stunts. And I think that's where he, I mean, that's where he is now. And I think he's in a good place. So single yeah. Tom Cruise is the most safe Tom Cruise, I think. He's in bachelor mode right now. I don't have time for this. No, that's an interesting way to look at it. I mean, I guess like- I think he's yeah. just kind of like, almost like a Tom Cruise character. Like when he's like young and spunky, he has like a lot to prove. And then once like we all kind of accept him, then he's like, I'm actually a fucking insane person. If you look at his <laughs> filmography, like even something like Interview with a Vampire, it's a kooky movie, but it still feels like- on the yeah. safe side it feels like on trend and then he just starts going like off the rails and he starts like being comfortable enough i think in his persona to really show us and oprah who he is it's a spooky person i'm a freak no have you seen or have you listened to the you're wrong about episode about tom cruise mm -mm. there's a podcast called you're wrong about that's good and they did an episode about tom cruise and they talk about the couch episode of oprah that kind of yeah was obviously yeah. a big turning point in his career and how that came out at a period in pop culture that was very much in the tabloid TMZ obsessed era of like, mm -hmm. you know, what was going on with Britney Spears and then Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. So it came right at the heart of that. And Tom Cruise hadn't really, it's a new era of celebrity where I think Tom Cruise is coming off the 90s period of celebrity that was a little different. And he's kind of adjusting to, he's always kind of adjusting to a new period, but he always kind of yeah. manages to land on his feet in his own way and like he's kind of uh, navigating that era and he's also a guy who's always been really private he's coming off of a really public divorce he's dating this young woman he seems to be very much in love and oprah's kind of egging him on in the episode like yeah. tell us more about your relationship and he says several times throughout the episode like i you know i just want to talk about war of the worlds and she's like we're not going to talk about war of the worlds we're going to talk about your relationship and she gets him really excited he's in a room full of people that are screaming for him and he clearly feeds off of that energy and apparently even the couch thing was a callback to something that Oprah mentioned early in the episode where she talked about him jumping on a couch for something like when he was younger. And so that's why he does it. But it was blown I mean, out in the media to be like, oh, this guy's just jumping on a couch because he's fucking losing his mind on live television. I mean, this is also, so that's 2005. Yeah. Wasn't the Howard Dean incident? Yeah, that's also mentioned in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, but I don't think you are in love unless you jump on a couch. Like, that's how you test. Yeah. Like, I Before you proposed, didn't you? You know, like, you have to be like, oh, yeah. I'm willing to look like I would jump on a couch for this woman. Yeah. Well, it's also like, I think the whole thing was like with his PR at the time, it was like, hey, like, we need you to be more vulnerable. People don't know a lot about you. He's a pretty secretive guy. And he's like, okay, I'll be vulnerable. And then the one time he's really vulnerable, he's just completely they're like, and, they're like, and they're like, you're out of your mind. And then he's like okay <laughs> <laughs> well and he's kind of i feel like he's at this point he has figured out the secret code which is to completely retreat from all of public life yeah because yeah. you don't really hear about anything he does outside of publicity for his movies or just filming them the incident on the set of his like the oh, latest yeah. mission impossible thing i think I that was a completely was sort of on his side on that oh yeah. i was too, oh, I was too. Okay. yeah i feel like that was a manufactured 
kind of thing though maybe not like specifically that like they like coordinated and made it happen but just that like the pr push to be like oh this makes tom cruise look like he cares about right. like the film there was like a was weird different. one because it seemed like it was kind of released under this thing of I, I couldn't tell if i was like am i supposed to like not be on his side for this because i, I know i am well it's the same think- thing as the christian bale thing where like in hindsight i was like no i'm on christian bale's side like i would be fucking infuriated at this but i still think that this. tom cruise comes out better in those stories that are similar Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, well, because if you think about it, it was like December 2020. At that point, Top Gun Maverick was in the can and they had delayed it like twice at that point. Yeah. And you got to imagine he's like worried that like movies are never even going to be in theaters ever again. Right. And so it's like, he's like, he's got that on his mind. Paramount's probably being like, hey, Wonder Woman's going to VOD. Why don't you just put Top Gun? Yeah. No, HBO and Netflix and Apple were all trying to buy it. And I have to imagine he was like freaking the fuck out because he's like, I mean, just imagine you spent like two years making this happen and like subjecting your body to way more than it needed to at his age. Oh, yeah. Just like, yeah, this needs to be on a 45 inch television that like people are going to barely, like it'd be text. No, yeah. And you see Top Gun Maverick, which we all have. And it's just, yeah, there's no way for it to be seen on television no no you know i never I mean, got I, to see i'll watch it again at home but of course yeah yeah, yeah. but like it's like you know I, I... that's for jennifer connelly we're watching it for jennifer connelly <laughs> and glenn powell i had to watch the original top gun on television i've never seen it in a theater i know it's been re-released a couple times but I, i've never seen it on a big screen i'm sure it would be a much different experience we've talked a little bit i think in the last couple of months about just the lack of movie stars in hollywood and mm-hmm. tom cruise really is kind of the last movie star he's kind of the last holdout where he's still he's a blockbuster movie star too I yeah, mean, and he it is that kind of thing, which makes Maverick so fascinating in the sequel. I mean, which makes that movie, I think, so much more interesting on like a meta level where it's like, yeah, Cruz is a guy who is railing against the changing of the tides, I think, in Hollywood. Where it's like, no, like I can continue to make movies of this scale and put it on a big screen and people will show up. I can't okay. think of like a better way for him to like have a comeback. This just feels like so winning like I love Top Gun Maverick and I just like I couldn't imagine feeling more goodwill towards Tom Cruise and I did right now and like right especially as I was and like right as I was watching that like you're right like it is like meta enough without going overboard that it kind of makes you respect him a lot send you up against the best yes sir you two characters are going to top gun i feel the need the need for speed five weeks you're gonna fly against the best fighter pilots in the world you guys really are cowboys i don't like you because you're unsafe that's right i am dangerous the wild card flies by the seat of his pants I guess when I see something, I go right after it. It takes a lot more than just fancy flying. Gentlemen, this school is about combat. There are no points for second place. You figured it out yet? What's that? Who's the best pilot? No, I think I can figure that one out on my own. Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis. Top Gun. 
the beautiful thing about Top Gun and they especially go to the school. sequel. Yeah, but especially the sequel to come out at a time when I think movies are so overplotted and so overblown. It's just like the beautiful simplicity of it. Top Gun is just about the fucking it's just about the best of the best, baby. Yeah, it is about the best of the best. They go to flight school. There's Tom Cruise. He's Maverick. There's Goose. That's Anthony Edwards of ER fame. Yeah, that's they, right. they fly around and and then there's uh, McGillis, Kelly McGillis is a love interest with a tight apartment and a great shower. Like we'll get into Top Gun proper here maybe, but like I like the first Top Gun. I think it's like really fun and really nostalgic, but I do think that Maverick is just a better story and a better movie all Oh, around. it's leaps and bounds a better movie. I didn't 100%. understand some of the, in Top Gun Maverick, I really understand the mission. Like I understand the mission so well. They do such a good job at not over explaining it, but like really letting the audience know like the parameters and the stakes of the mission. So when they're doing it, I completely understand what's happening. Some of like the mission aspects of the first Top Gun, I'm just like, wait, what? Now you're at, huh? Like I didn't totally understand like who the bad guy and the good guy was. Do we know what ethnicity the bad guys are with the no it's in, yeah in the it's new just one? a black no. mask no 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 because no. <laughs> it's it they did it intentionally because it's in the indian ocean so it could be russia it could be north korea it could be china it really could be anyone and that was yeah. i mean that was clearly intentional because they we were still in the midst of the cold war so they like didn't want to be like making movies propaganda of us murdering russians mm-hmm. and potentially starting world war three we're not alienating anyone it's funny because the first one was more or less a DOD. And like, this isn't like a conspiracy. Like they, the DOD helped make yeah. Top Gun. Oh, really? One. I did not know that. Yeah. J- Jerry Bruckheimer struck a pretty insane deal where they like, I think it was like a couple million dollars and they, they got like an aircraft carrier with a bunch of F-14s, a, you know, like all these jets. But it was like through the DOD and, you know, they got to change some of the script, meaning like okay. when Goose died, it was like, I think it was originally in the script, it was like he was going to die in a fire Right. Uh, like <laughs> He's gonna crash. explode. Like it was gonna be a crash. This guy's gonna yeah, but, blow up. But the uh they were like, well, no, that would make us look really bad. And there was like a couple other script things that they changed. And this is like kind of one of the most famous. It's not. It wasn't the first film that the United States government ever, you know, had a hand in like right. changing or whatever. But like it was definitely one of the most famous because it boosted Navy recruitment by like 500%. That's crazy. And I think I was reading something and I don't know how much of this is bullshit, but like they were saying that like it was such a phenomenon that the Navy actually began recruiting outside of movie theaters. Uh, Whoa, that's uh, dark as fuck. Yeah. Sick. Uh, But then- Thinking about that and then now with uh, Top Gun Maverick, obviously the DOD helped, but the entrance that Joseph Kaczynski had into this world was actually Lockheed Skunk Works, which is like their top secret subgroup that they use to, you know, do like really, really top secret, like new age kind of technology. Mm -hmm. That was like the opening sequence was like Joseph Kaczynski went to Skunk Works and was just like, hey, we want Maverick flying a stealth jet. Can you guys help us develop something that would like not only make you guys look really cool, but then would allow Maverick, you know, an entrance into, you know, as a test pilot. And so it's really interesting to think how much like the last 36 years have changed via like Cold War, Cold War supposedly ending, and then like, you know, things ramping back up. And that like Top Gun Maverick's entrance into the military was contractors and like actual like businesses. And Mm -hmm. the beginning was like DOD, like was like, hey, we need to make like a proper, you know, like we need to make like a pro-America movie that doesn't really have like a specific enemy because neither one of them say who the enemy is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, But it's really interesting the way that military propaganda or whatever has evolved over the last 36 years because 
the mission itself in this one, like you were saying, is much clear, more clear in the new one in, the, yeah, in, Maverick. In, in Maverick. And it's like, I think that was on purpose. And it, but like also not having an enemy, it was like, hey, you know, these could be any number of rogue nations or whatever. Mm-hmm. There are Whereas, a lot of people that are mad at us. Yeah. And Whereas in the first one, it's like they essentially start World War Three. They get in a dog fight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with a bunch of MIGs <laughs> over the Indian Ocean. And it's like they started well, World War Three in the in the in both of them. And we won. I mean, look, if Tom Cruise had to lead us into World War Three, I would feel a little more confident than oh, yeah. some other people. But yeah, I think that's what's so it's an interesting combination of forces for the original Top Gun because because yeah, you have essentially a navy, a, you know, full-length navy recruitment video made on Paramount's dime. It's a fifteen million dollar budget, which is not a lot, even by I think nineteen eighty six standards. Oh, okay. And yeah. you have a director who's making his sophomore feature after making The Hunger, which is not a movie that you would maybe first think of as no, you know, it's weird because he was a, a commercial director. Yeah, so he had directed like- a Saab commercial with a Saab driving next to a jet. And Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson saw this and were probably Don Simpson was probably blown out of his mind on cocaine and was like, holy shit, call this guy, <laughs> which birthed a very, I would say, prominent relationship in, in Hollywood history between Tony Scott and Jerry Bruckheimer. And how I think- famous was Cruz at this point? Like, I see the movies that he's done, like all the right moves and fucking obviously risky business, but it's like, who's his analog? Because that's what, because it seems to me, looking at his filmography, that after Top Gun is sort of when he became like Top the Gun, I think, is L his leading first- man blockbuster yeah Yeah, because then he gets to do fucking i remember my dad loving the color of money i just watched the color of money last night for the first time it was one of the only scorsese movies i hadn't seen it's good I didn't like love yeah. it. I think it's it's a solid movie and I think he's really good in it. Well, I um, guess it kind of even comes back to Maverick because it's also one of those sequels that is so It's a legacy sequel. It's yeah, a legacy he's, sequel. He's essentially yeah. doing the Newman role in the new in the new Top Gun. Yeah. No, he does the, he does Top Gun and The Color of Money in the same year. So these are both 1986. He's coming off of Legend, a Ridley Scott movie that I still haven't seen the year before this. That's rotten. It is rotten. It sure is. I would like to watch it. I've never seen All the Right Moves. I don't know if I really I want don't to. Know That's if kind I of care. at the bottom of the list. Yeah, that and taps are at the bottom of the list for me. I didn't think I would care that much about plain stuff. They make you, they really make you care in the second one. I think what's so interesting about this one is the Tony Scott effect of the movie where it's like so many other directors could have been brought in at the time, I think, and just done the assignment. But Tony Scott does something so special with this where it's like, it's not a very good movie in a lot Mm-mm. of ways it, but it's weird it's like weird in the right ways it makes it kind of fascinating well the tone, yeah. the tone shifts are so abrupt they are like, and i think tony it's because tony's got wanted to make something so much darker like when he was approached he basically was like i mean you're approaching the guy that made the hunger he's clearly pretty i think visually brilliant director um even coming off his first movie but when they first approached him you know he was like oh i want to do like a really dark like he thought this was going to be like apocalypse now he didn't understand exactly what they uh... wanted this to be so he was like i want to make a really dark you know military movie and they were like no 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 <laughs> No, no, no. We want you to make it gay, actually. So I think it's his effect on it that that's really fascinating. He also gets fired from this movie three times. What? They fired him three times. He basically, like... <laughs> 
Did he have anyone fill in for him during the time? Never. No, because of shooting conditions. So it was like a whole, like, he kind of just stumbled his way through the filming of this movie. So like he had a quote where he said he shot it in slow motion with graduated filters. And that was sort of like artsy and dark and esoteric. And Paramount saw the dailies and were like, what the fuck is this? This is not what we want. And he shot a bunch of slow motion shots and they were like, don't shoot anything else in slow motion. So then he kind of pulled a trick on them where he would shoot one roll of normal footage and then he would shoot another role with all slow motion but unfortunately when the roles got sent back to paramount they sent the slow motion roles back and so they were like is this guy fucking with us we just told him not to shoot slow motion he just sent us a whole roll of slow motion so they they fired him on the spot but basically because of where they were in the weather they were stuck on this aircraft mm -hmm. so they couldn't get him out of there so he was like well i'm just gonna keep shooting Oh my God. And so they fired him and he just kept shooting and he just kept making his days. And they were like, oh, all right, I guess he's fine then. That rots. Yeah, he was a fucking Tony Scott was, was really cool. And his DP, Jeffrey Kimball, yeah. I think is has more to do with the way that people think of like 80s blockbusters than mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. he gets a lot, he gets credit for. I mean, he shot True Romance. Yeah. Did he shoot Jacob's Ladder? I think uh, he might have. He had a huge effect he on, was on big me. for a, a minute but like I, I you watch tony's or you watch top gun and you're just like this is what is in your mind when you think he did know, shoot like, jacob's ladder thank you okay he shot all the for early tony scott movies except yeah, for the he's a master yeah. Um, yeah but like he the, the 80s that's like his look and like those grad filters the warming filters and stuff like that mm -hmm. the footage looks ridiculous would look kind of ordinary without it oh my man shot wild things Oh, that's right. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then he goes on to shoot Old Dogs, the Tim Robin, or the oh, Robin God. Williams, John Travolta movie. <laughs> yeah, he kind of just gives up in the 2000s. He does Four Christmases, Old Dogs, Be Cool. Ooh. It's like, it's well, like he just wants to show 62%. up and do a studio movie and get paid really well and go home. Yeah. I get that. No, I think their their relationship and what they, what they their output in the 80s, like you said, Jake, is, is so fucking influential and so important. But I just love that Tony Scott gets fired from this movie three times the second time he got fired was because he had a quote that's um let's just it's a little on pc he was talking about kelly mcgillis and he said I, the second time i was fired was because of kelly mcgillis i made her look beautiful in a sort of what's the word mm, i guess it's a whorish way and oh my uh, the, god the studio took away my nine inch pumps and they took away my makeup lady in an effort to actually get kelly looking a little more down to earth i love that oh my he god. looked at who's supposed to be like the best of the best <laughs> that the pentagon sent out to train these people these pilots and he's like give me tarts pumps. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess he wanted her to look like Patricia Arquette in True Romance. <laughs> she looks great here. She does yeah. look great. She looks incredible. So I guess that was the second time they saw that and they were like, you're fired again. And then he was like, okay, give me one more chance. <laughs> Um, and then they fired him again um, because he kept pulling the visors down on the helmets for the guys flying in the jets. But obviously it like kind of obscured the lead actors a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so the studio was like, you know, we, we can't see Tom Cruise's face. And he was like, okay. So they fired, they fired him again for that. And then he came back. And then apparently there was another incident that was great and i think you had talked about this with me recently jake but at, at tony scott's funeral tom cruise was there and he gave a eulogy um which just sounds amazing i was like god imagine being at tony scott's funeral and hearing tom cruise's eulogy imagine just having tom cruise eulogize you yeah i was gonna say so i guess for the opening of the film he wanted to shoot the fighter jets taking off and landing while backlit by the sun which we get in the movie it's a very beautiful sequence that is mm -hmm. repeated shot for shot in maverick the only problem was that the aircraft carrier was facing the wrong way for that to happen so when tony scott asked the captain to turn the aircraft carrier around he was told that would cost twenty five thousand dollars so tony scott pulled out a checkbook and personally wrote the captain a twenty 
$25,000 check so that the ship could be turned around. And then Tom Cruise said in the eulogy that Tony later told him that the check bounced. <laughs> and he liked to tell that story a lot, that he would just write checks for people to be like, yeah, yeah no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. And then the check would bounce. Don't worry about it, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. Just such a fucking badass. Him and Cruise elevate this movie in a way that it just really needs. I think, but again, it, it's a combination of all these forces. It's the Bruckheimer touch. It's the Tony Scott yeah. touch, the Jeffrey Kimball touch. I mean, the it's Cruise the soundtrack movie. too. The soundtrack is yeah, incredible. Kenny Loggins, Berlin. This movie wins an Oscar for best original song for Take My Breath Away. It's I mean, that song. song is fucking incredible. Great song. It yeah, might win really another Oscar next year for, for Gaga. The Gaga song. It's a good uh, song. It's no Take My Breath Away. No, it's not as good. She did a good Max job. loves it. You know I'm a fan. I think it's good. Max really likes it. I I'm like it. I also just don't think that it, it's like, I think it's really hard to like engineer a song to like be reminiscent. I'm oh, not dissing sure. on Gaga. I just think that her assignment was harder. And I also think yeah. that like, because Top Gun, this Top Gun, their original Top Gun is sort of corny. It can like handle a cornier song, but like the new Top Gun is like, I want to say like so good. I don't think it's very corny. I think it's like just kind of No, I think it transcends it. I think what happens is that just like an old Bruckheimer movie, the plot is insanely simple. Mm -hmm. Like the like the opening is very similar to the opening of the original Top Gun where, you know, he, do, he does a mission and, you know- He does a mission. Pisses off his superiors. He thinks he's about to get fired. He gets sent to Top Gun. Like he's it's writing checks his body like a, can't cash. And yeah. it's, it's kind of like an old, you know, like cop movie where like he gets yeah. brought in to- Dr the, Dragged in for one more. And he's just like, you son of a bitch, you're hired, new mission. And then like- uh, You're reckless, goes, but goddamn, you're good. <laughs> yeah, and then like reminds me of the final sequence in Top Gun Maverick is almost identical to the climax of Star Wars New Hope. I've never seen any Star Wars property. It's my claim to fame. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah. It, She's never seen Star Wars. All, all I'm trying to say is that the, the, the plot is very simple and it's even kind of cribbing from other good movies yeah. where it's all about how Tom Cruise has the magnetism of a movie star and does not matter what the plot is. No, um, he can carry this movie on his back. And I think that's I think that's really a testament to Tom trying to bring back kind of the... Because like we, you know, we talk all the time about like, you know, movies aren't as fun as they were when Bruckheimer and Don Simpson were... Mm -hmm basically no. making all the movies and it's like i think Cruz found a way to make a 2022 movie that had some of the feeling of a Bruckheimer film, kind of like yeah, a, con, a con air or yeah. a, the rock or whatever. It really rides that line of being, yeah, like you were saying, like meta, but like so many movies where like they use the, the crutch of like, oh, this is about other things, you know, that's mm -hmm. a very meta film, but they movies themselves kind of suck. It's like they forgot that they had to like make like an entertaining movie. And I feel mm -hmm. like that's something that Top Gun is like, yeah, this is about other things. This is Tom Cruise. Well, he has a feeling of his own but also it's a really entertaining movie where you don't really need to see it that way well there's a level of quality control with Cruz and I think yeah. that's why he has, you know, such a um, heavy say in everything that's happening behind the camera. Yeah. Um, but at least he knows his shit. Tom Cruise probably knows more about cinematography and, and and blocking and just general production than a lot of people that are working in film right now. When did he start to jobs. be like that? Because it's in the beginning. Like, really? I, I, okay. I read in I'm interviews like, that he was crazy. on set with like all of these huge directors, Tony Scott, Oliver Stone. Martin Scorsese. Was he a Scorsese? Scientologist the whole last time? No, 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 no. He, Mimi Rogers is the one who got him into Scientology. Yeah, that was, his, that was the gateway pussy. Uh, <laughs> and but like, wow, <laughs> but like supposedly, I, I I can't remember who was being interviewed about just like a movie, and they're talking about Tom Cruise about like yeah, basically he would be on set and be like, why are you using that lens? Why are you lighting it this way? Whoa. And he was very interested 
in the way that he this came guy's on, gonna on take screen. my job <laughs> and so he, well just like he wanted to know how things worked because like yeah i mean as a movie star you have to be aware of all of these things because the way that a cinematographer lights you or where they put the camera is going to have an enormous effect on the way that you come off on the screen so like yeah. you know you've got these old school hollywood guys that like you know like even like robert redford they know exactly where the camera needs to be to make them look good whereas like now you've got like you know one of the chris hemsworth or pratt's or whatever yeah, and they're that, usually on a fucking green screen anyway green screen you know they're just shooting it in such a way that like they can figure it out later and it's like yeah like there's far less of the power of the image of these like movie stars and i think tom cruise like well, that's bullshit because like especially because of the fact that he's like kind of a small guy he's like i need to look powerful yeah i yeah. need to know how to make myself i, look I do that admire way. that he allows himself to be small and maverick though me yeah. too i, I was shocked I, I really, like, and i think he knows I that that's actually important for that character in the movie to appear small and i think that he might also know that everyone knows that he's shorter yeah. so it's almost <laughs> the meeting where he finds that out from his pr what do you mean they know <laughs> so Who it's told like them? <laughs> to, to disguise it it almost makes him look like a pussy so i think he was just yeah. like yeah let's just go with it like i'm a short i'm a short king well it's also um, funny because like fighter pilots are they're not like short but they're definitely they have to better be, to be smaller well the big thing was that mm -hmm. people said that tim robbins can never be a fighter pilot because he's too tall so they were like it's, it's like actually six, unrealistic casting yeah he's huge they were like he would never fit in that plane i'm moving in slow The volleyball scene i watched it just that scene again after seeing maverick it's so weird because it's like it's like that playing volleyball makes tom Cruise maverick so horny that he then needs to go to what's her name's house and goose is like begging that's the to, like, fucking funniest scene for one more it's it's so good he's like he just one more for me for me and it's like sad later obviously but it's like so funny that this dude like come on don't get late just play more volleyball with me <laughs> he shows up late to kelly mcgillis's yeah. house and is like can i shower she, she says no right yeah she's like no what i, what I no, like that's weird what i like is that they didn't the, uh, talk on maverick they didn't attempt to recreate the kenny Loggins song that's no they had they just had a one republic song playing because i feel like that is like half of why that scene is so iconic is that one they're greased up and they're just not really even playing very good volleyball no like uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. you've got this kenny Loggins song playing and it is just the funniest it was it's like called like playing with the boys or something like that i think so it's it's an amazing sequence i think there's so many sequences in this movie that become iconic because they're so it's an accident in a way it's a beautiful accident mm -hmm. where it becomes so indicative of the era and it's also funny because you know we another thing we talked about Jake, was that you know tony scott for the volleyball scene he didn't really know what to do with it he, he was talking about it and he said i didn't have a vision of what i was doing other than just shooting softcore porn i knew i had to show off all the guys but i didn't have a point of view so i just shot the shit out of it I got the guys to get all their gear off and their pants and I sprayed them in baby oil. Um, Which I think is funny because like it really brings the quote about Kelly McGillis. It makes more sense where he was like trying to make her look as beautiful as possible because he's a yeah. commercial director. He knows how to get the best looking image because if you think about it, you know, he like knows that he's making a propaganda movie and he's like, I'm just going to make the most beautiful commercial for the Navy that I possibly can. And people are like, wait, wait, pedal back a little bit. I do and feel like the horniness between possible. Kilmer and Cruz is like probably my favorite part of the movie. Because even though like Cruz is the center and he's a star, I'm kind of on Kilmer's side because I am like, oh, he's yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. you're dangerous. Like you're yeah. fucked. Which is like, that's another reason why the new one is so fun is that like the Glenn Powell character is more of the Tom, like it's 
it's like he, he's having to like look at how awful he was and then the miles teller characters are like a little safer but here we have anthony edwards as goose. okay and he does look like goose uh, Goose's he does. son. like yeah, it's, it's sometimes disarming how much i buy that great casting great yeah. casting they have the same chin i think anthony edwards is really underrated I think he's low-key just such a fucking steady, great performance in Zodiac. He's great in Zodiac. Even though he has, yeah, he he probably has a ton of money because of ER. I think that like him staying on the show for as long as he did, including leaving, probably ultimately sort of hurt his career. And he like, he's just going to be goose forever. So yeah. And he also, he doesn't have like the leading man quality of some of his other peers, but I think he's just such a great, reliable, like character actor in his own way. He's really great in um, 80s movie Miracle Mile. That movie's really good. It is really good. He's really good in it. Yeah. I, I like Anthony Edwards. Yeah. We had Tim Robbins pop up. You got Tom Scarrett. I love Tom Scarrett. Tom yeah. Scarrett, man. Um, and then Val Kilmer. Yeah. A guy who, who, like Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise did not want to do Top Gun. He turned it down. And then they put him up in the air with some pilots and they said, you could die making this. And he said, I'll do it. <laughs> Is that a dare? And then he got really excited about it. Kilmer also, yeah, at the time, you know, Kilmer's Kilmer. He's kind of a... I think he's going to say, I'm kind of surprised. a better star in this than... Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm kind of surprised that you did this because he I think of you as being more famous. Yeah. His hair looks horrible. But also so great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like only him. <laughs> but here's yeah. the thing, like in the new one, when they show photos of them when they're younger, if they do Kilmer it's always a black and white because I think that they know that those tips are distracting and we're supposed to feel like just like kind of a warmth towards ice. What, um, what I think is interesting you kind of hit on is that like, at least for me when I was growing up, because you know, you're a kid and you're just like, oh, Tom Cruise is the good guy. Val Kilmer's mm-hmm. the bad guy. I always thought of yeah. like Val Kilmer as being kind of like the asshole bully. And yeah. then like you he's watch totally it. Totally not. He's no, like, he's reasonable. And he's yeah, he's just like a nice guy that's just being like, hey man, yeah. you probably just don't want to leave your fellow pilots up there hanging by themselves. Don't you get off my ass. I the never, best. yeah, I guess I always assumed that too from like, you know, seeing it when I was younger and then rewatching it now. I was like, oh. <laughs> I mean, that scene, no. <laughs> the, one of the scenes that I think like really works in this movie or one of my favorite scenes is the scene when they're getting put up there and Kilmer realizes that Cruz it does have to be up there with him and you can tell that Maverick is hurt because it, it's like good acting like you can tell that like Kilmer's right like I would be like Kilmer too being like oh this guy like just lost a guy and like you see he's also dangerous and reckless yeah. and so like that moment that they come down like the moment of catharsis in the first Top Gun is just it's only just about like them two hugging where the new Top Gun it's like it's like so many stacked action catharsis but I kind of appreciate the first one and its smallness because really you're just like waiting you're just like on the edge of your seat basically for Val Kilmer to say like you can be my wingman any day and like that's like the end baby you can be mine it's wild <laughs> actually Will you you're accept gonna be this mine. rose Maverick yeah. <laughs> 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 what, I, what I think is funny is that like the idea of Top Gun, obviously, since it was out, it, you know, is like very homoerotic and like these like guys are shirtless and spend a lot of time being very sweaty around each other. But like it is just a film about men just being nice to each other and just like yeah. support supporting each other. This is and, the magic which is rare. Like, of, of, I was gonna of say thank you. I was yeah. gonna say really the only other one I can think of where it is like men being like good job, you good good going is fucking like building each other up like, and, and just yeah I <laughs> no I mean the homoerotic tension obviously is like no it's it's, it's like a joke but it's like, a joke but it's also it it's, it, it, it's there. I mean it's obviously there. There's the whole Tarantino thing that kind of 
I think, made it popular in the early 90s. It is a story about a man's struggle with his own homosexuality. That's serious. That is what Top Gun is about, man. You've got Maverick, all right? He's on the edge, man. He's right on the fucking line, all right? And you've got Iceman and all his crew. Right. They're gay. And they, are, they represent the gay man, right. all right? And they're saying, go. Go the gay way. Go the gay way. He could go both ways. What about Kelly McGillis? Right? Kelly McGillis, she's, she's, she's heterosexuality. She's saying, no, 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 no. Go the normal way. Play by the rules. Go the normal way. And they're saying, no, go the gay way. Be the gay way. Go for the gay way. All right? That is what's going on throughout that whole movie. I think even in the beginning, when Maverick flips his plane on top of Goose's, when he's on top of him, I was like, that's like a top metaphor. He's topping him right there. He's topping <laughs> shit. And he's about he's the, topping the I shit mean, out of him. It is hella gay, but I will say, like, as, like, a straight woman, it's kind of smart for them to be like, okay, this is like a dude movie about dude playing shit. Give me some shirtlessness. Like yeah. that, that rock. Everybody's happy. Everyone's, Everyone's happy. happy. I was so happy on the new football scene. Tom Cruise look looks great. Like Brad yeah. gets a lot of credit for looking great. Cruise also looks great. He didn't look like, I mean, like obviously the entire film, you're watching the effects of G-forces on a bunch of plastic shirts, right? Yeah. <laughs> but oh his body, his body really, yeah. he looks like a normal six-year-old man who just takes care of himself. He doesn't look like mm-hmm. he's like voided the fuck out. And then Kelly McGillis, who very publicly did not come back for the sequel. Also, I'm sorry. On... These two are not soulmates. They're just like fuck no. buddies for a minute. It's no, like, I don't think she needs bother to come me back. at all. I think What's really they... funny is Meg Ryan actually says Jennifer Connelly's character's name in Top Gun. I in read passing. that somewhere. I mean, like, it didn't really matter if they just brought out because Jennifer Connelly, I'm not going to like be mad about that. Yeah. No, but she's like, age appropriate. Like it, it, it was a good pick. Yeah, and she is age appropriate, which is nice. The the quote unquote sex scene between them and the new one is amazing. Well, because it's not a sex scene. Whereas, like the first one, you get a sex scene. Yeah, and the second one, Tom Cruise's shirt increasingly comes off. (laughs) And then, yeah, it's basically Tom Cruise talking about his feelings. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of awesome because it's it's like it's like oh, when you're in your twenties, you want to fuck, and when you're in your fifties, you want to get the fuck done so you can talk about your man problem. Yeah. So I was like, this is kind of hot. Well, also the contrast is that the take my breath away scene is like this really cold light. They're all completely in silhouette. This one is like they're in a warm room. I feel like there was an intentional contrast they were playing between Mm -hmm. 23 or 24 year old Tom Cruise and 58 or whatever year old Tom Cruise. Before it was released, they did tests for it. And apparently the audience was annoyed that there was no fucking in this movie. But I guess the producers obliged and they did some reshoots and that's where they shot the elevator scene and the sex scene. So that was like all after production. The elevator scene is pretty hot. But I, I, think the, I think the elevator scene is better than the- I agree. Of Breath Ways. Good it's scene. It's tenser. Yeah, because it, it's about, that's the whole it's thing cute. is that it's not even necessarily about the fucking that when we talk about like, there's no sex in movies, it's like there's not even like tension. There's not even like palpable. Mm-hmm. Well, cause they have a secret together. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what's fucking great. That that's way hotter than a weird silhouetted scene where. Yeah, I don't need to watch Cruise fuck necessarily. I would um, prefer no. not to, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I like him talking about his feelings. I think McGillis is good, and I think it's actually, I think it's actually surprisingly like a pretty like solid character given the time and the genre of movie. Oh yeah, I, I read some kind of like conflicting things about her and Cruz. Some people thought they just didn't, I, maybe they didn't get along at the time on set and had some sort of like whatever it was. But like she said in a bunch of interviews afterwards, like I had a great time working on that movie. I don't know. It didn't seem like it was just lip service because she said it a lot over the years, and I feel like she's at a point now where she could be herself, mm-hmm. and she's always maintained 
from what I could gather that he's the most professional person she's ever worked with. She had a great time. But, and that's again, like, I think when you hear PTA talk about Tom Cruise and he was like, there, he's right. He's like, there's no one like him. Mm -hmm. There will never be anyone like him. Personal stuff aside, you know, like this guy, I I would love to know more about him screening the master for him, but you know, they're apparently still friends. And I love the quote that he said about him where he was like, I can't wait for Tom Cruise to get older when he can't quite do the physical, the physical stuff that he's doing for him to settle into this probably really interesting period in his career. Kind of like a new performance. Yeah. yeah. Like we can be clear that Tom Cruise has like slaves. You know, he's like the he's like the most important Scientology person, and it's it's not great, but like, I mean, what am I going to do about it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's really good at his job. I'm watching, I'm like watching him at work. This guy like, knows where bodies are buried, but there's nothing I can do about what, it. Yeah, I what mean, am I going to do about it? Like, I'm, I'm just, just like, amazed. <laughs> like, so much of that stuff is just like people are like, we need to boycott Amazon. It's like, what am I going to do about that, dude? Like, Amazon Web Services is like ninety percent of all websites. What am I not going to go onto the internet? Just like, calm down and just like. Enjoy your prime. Send me my Blu-ray. I don't care. Blu-ray. I want it in six hours on my doorstep. <laughs> it's like I'm just I'm gonna enjoy every Mission Impossible movie because they're yeah. a marvel of filmmaking and he's like the last cool movie star we have. So I'm going to enjoy him. This this no, weekend we this week, it because it. it's Top Gun Maverick, everybody was like, Oh, when uh Marvel makes government propaganda, everybody comes out of the woodwork and says it, but when Tom Cruise does it, they don't. I'm like, Yeah, that's right, because yeah. uh, this movie fucking rocks. Like if <laughs> well, it's a good movie, but it's also pretty blatantly like, no, you know what this is. Marvel, yeah. it's more like they I don't know, there's something more sinister about it because it's You're also right. like Black Panther <laughs> makes the CIA the good guys. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know about this. <laughs> the other the other thing is that like, okay, I truly believe that if we want American cinema to to like thrive we need to be in, like actually investing like public money into it and you know what my tax dollars go to lockheed martin and if lockheed martin wants to to give money to this movie in a roundabout way this is a public works project that is making movies better <laughs> and we're proving that marvel is not the only game in town so you know what no that's why i really respect maverick is that like it yes it was like it is an ip <laughs> that is it, it's already existed it's a nostalgia ip but it's still like a movie first but yeah. i think that's why i like this in the matrix resurrection so much as legacy sequels is because they both yeah. have an emotional core to them that understands yeah. what works about about the original movies. Obviously, Resurrections goes in a very different direction and makes it even more meta. It takes it to a different level. It doesn't work for everybody, and that's fair. But like at the core of both those movies, there is a relationship between yeah. two fucking people and there is love between them. And that's what's so important about both of them. I don't get that from Marvel movies. I, there's no. no love in them. There's no sex in them. There's nothing about them that draws me in. I'm like, no, there's a core human relationship here. And that's well, what's Well, most of the heroes don't have palpable flaws. The thing so about, it's boring. The thing yeah. about a Marvel movie, it is, it's about superhumans that are endowed with like God-like powers. Yeah, and they all want like a rock. But like, but like, yeah. But oh, like, I am the rock. About the whole movie special is about rock collectors. Yeah. But like, they're they're uh, basically secret agents working for the government, and they're trying to come off as like disarming and like just like us because they do mm-hmm. like quippy little shitty jokes. But like Tom Cruise movie, it's about a guy daring God to kill him. Like it's <laughs> yeah. just like the coolest guy in the entire world being like, I'm going to try to kill myself for the next decade and see what happens. <laughs> 
And I'm sorry, that's much more interesting to watch than oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah, and the comedy it. works so much better in Maverick because it's used sparingly. It knows yeah, exactly say, when to distribute it. it. But the stuff at the end with him and Miles Teller when they have to sneak onto that plane, so I was funny. like, this is great. Yeah, and that's so when funny. I think Miles Teller is best in that movie. He's yeah. the best. When, he, well, like when the he's like, line. what were you thinking up there? And he's like, you told me not to think. <laughs> Another really funny line in uh, the, the first Top Gun is like at some point, Otis Redding's Dock of the Bay comes on and Maverick goes, I haven't heard the song in forever. <laughs> really? <laughs> you sure? It's 1986, man. It's not that old of a song in 1986. No. Yeah, it's no. like, I'm pretty sure it plays, it's just like, go to a mall more often. <laughs> it's not even like a flaw in the movie because you need Tom Cruise to be Maverick. He looks a little young. He looks a little, like, I think I was texting He's Max, very like, boyish in the A 80s. teenage Fleet Week fuck boy. He also young. has like a weird, he has this weird smirk that he doesn't do anymore. It's because he fixes teeth. That, yeah. I think that the smirk was a thing when he was trying to kind of trust me i get it as somebody with fucked up teeth the smirk can take you a long way <laughs> yeah i think he was trying to work with his fucked up teeth and now he'll just like do a full glow yeah, once he smile. fixed the teeth uh, he must fix the teeth by like the 90s because he's still got it in color money yeah because him and i think just, him and gwen stefani might have had braces in the same adult braces in like the same era <laughs> he doesn't have a Oscar, does he? No, he was nominated for Born on the Fourth of July and Magnolia, and came close for both of them. Well, he Born on the Fourth of July to me is kind for... of a throwaway cruise movie. Yeah, it's it, it's not my favorite Oliver Stone. For sure. He's incredible in it, though. He's yeah. really, he, really good. He, goes, he I'm surprised... goes into the depths. Was yeah. he not no nominated for Jerry Maguire? It just seems I think like he a, had to have been. Jerry he Maguire had to was have been. Huge, that movie he's so good in it for just kind of being a rom com that prefers the man. Yeah, he was nominated. It yeah. was huge. Like that he's movie. He's been nominated was for so yeah, everywhere. Born on the Fourth of July, Jerry Can you Maguire, and a movie like that having cultural the cultural like no. impact that that did. He should have been nominated for Rain Man. He should have been nominated for Color of Money. I think I he should have been nominated favorite, for Collateral. He's incredible. Yeah, in Collateral. Yeah. I think that maybe my favorite performance of him, or like the first movie that I was really like it clicked for me with him is probably Vanilla Sky, which we get to do. Yes, great. I that. don't think that's necessarily like an Oscar. I think that my favorite movies of his aren't technically like Oscar-y movies because one of my favorites is that fucking lived edge of tomorrow yeah it's great. he's great in that okay yeah i really like him when he's, he's fantastic sort of like, in that yeah there's not a bad tom cruise performance there's not great tom cruise movies but has he's, anyone I, seen rock of ages no <laughs> me either it's a weird, it, but, it's, I, weird ass movie. but i bet you he's good in it he, yeah he, i'm looking at stills right now he's good in i it. feel he goes so hard. high he's always either very good or extraordinary i he's think great in tropic thunder He's great in Tropic Thunder. I don't care. Like, I don't really love Tropic Thunder, but he's good in it. He should I have mean, been nominated. I think for... he gave up on. I do you think that he could get. I think he'll still get one at some point. I think. No, I, I was like, do you think that this is? I don't think he'll win, but do you think that this is a big enough? I feel like everyone loves this movie. Do you think that he could get nominated for this, or do you I think, think it's still could. too? I think they could. I push think it. he's going to get nominated for. I don't think he's going to win, but I think he won't it could win. But I think him. they could push him into a nomination. I think that they can. There's so much goodwill behind him right now that I I could see him being nominated for best. As long as they don't find those bodies, I could get nominated next yeah. year. <laughs> I think PC Anderson is 100 on the money. Is that so? Like obviously he's tapering down the Mission Impossible franchise because he's just getting too old to, to continue doing it. And also, I just think there's just like very few places for that series yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, obviously this movie was not, I mean, he's still the movie star and he still wins everything and still kicks ass. I think he's definitely just kind of like, okay, I'm getting towards the end of my ability to abuse myself 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do think he's probably in the next 10 years going to have to transition his career. He will, but I think doing like actual yeah. normal grounded acting. He's a good actor. He's an For incredible as actor. fluffy yeah. as like Jerry Maguire is, like it's not a movie and Vanilla Sky, like his his camera camera movies, like they're not movies that require anything of him physically than to be charming. And he's mm-hmm. really good at it. Like I would like yeah. to see him more as playing just like dude. That would be I great mean, for me. Even Magnolia, where he plays the biggest scumbag mm-hmm. who is kind of a little bit like in terms of like his combativeness in that interview scene, that's him. Yeah. I think that might be probably my favorite in terms of like just like a pure Tom Cruise, like Oscar winning. Yeah. I think when they're dissecting him in his persona in that and eyes wide shut that he's he's really interesting and i think maverick does that in a way where you're dissecting the persona but it's still a movie star performance yeah and i think that's why it works and he's so good in the whole thing but he's incredible in the val kilmer scene that's a really beautiful scene and it's so tasteful and it's handled just right the funniest thing in the entire world is just that he has him in his phone as ice and ice is typing ice is typing ice is typing killed me (laughs) ice is typing like i don't know (laughs) It's cute. It's ice. It's really interesting to see how like Bruce Willis is basically just being tossed aside. Yeah. You know, he can no, no longer make movies. Well, Tom Cruise at least gave him a proper send off to be like, dude, you're like a movie star. You no longer possess your voice yeah. anymore. I, I also just, I think thought that was really sweet. That that scene, yeah. like beyond it being like meta and like giving Kilmer his flowers now, I also just think that like that scene for for like a differently abled standpoint was like, listen, I liked fucking Sound of Metal. Like I like the little movies that do it, but it was like also just like nice to see that like it's not hard to include like people that are differently abled and it doesn't feel like you're being hit over the head with it. Like it doesn't have to be like what that person is. It just yeah. it flowed. It still had flow to it where if you would have told me about it before i would have been like oh that's probably gonna be bad it was really good well no i I agree i think that's a great point yeah the movie is about like tom cruise coming into understanding the limitations of his older body and things like that and it's like yeah like same thing goes for somebody who loses their ability to speak Mm -hmm. like it's a it's a really beautiful scene like i couldn't have imagined it being handled any better and i love that cruz was like adamant about bringing him back like i know that val kilmer wanted to but he was you know obviously struggling with cancer at the time when they were talking about developing this and cruz is like he has to come back we'll find a way we'll make it work it does it does suck to think about if they had done this 10 years ago with tony like he was yeah technology wasn't there to to do the fighter scenes as the way that they did so it's like kind of like crazy to think about because it's just like it would been really nice to see val kilmer do like one last iceman uh, that said like i kind of think we got a perfect movie like i think we got a perfect blockbuster and i kind of wouldn't want to mess with like whatever weird alchemy that it took to make this movie like no i'm gonna say it i fucking like top gun maverick more than i like the fast movies yeah yeah i mean like no it's it's better yeah Fifty-seven percenter, technically. Yes. Uh, it does have an eighty-three percent audience score, though. Yeah, this movie was critic-proof. I mean, by the time it was released, it did not get good reviews in nineteen eighty-six, but it was the biggest film of the year. It was a huge, huge sensation. I mean, it became instantly iconic. I think it was kind of a risky movie in its own way at the time, but Brockheimer and, and Simpson were fucking fueled by cocaine and nothing could stop them. And they made this what it was. I also do love the Tony Scott said on the set that, you know, a bunch of Navy officers kept like approaching 
coaching him to tell him that like things were unrealistic. And he said, we're not making this movie for the Navy fighter pilots. We're making it for Kansas weed farmers who don't know the difference. That's amazing. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Cool guy. Put this oil on your body. Shut up. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Jay Smith of the Globe and Mail said, there is no acting to speak of. And to speak of Cruz's performance at all would be embarrassing. But there oh. is a point of view. As a movie, Top Gun is negligible and near ridiculous. As a cultural phenomenon, it is sobering and faintly frightening. <laughs> Dave Kerr of the Chicago Reader said, every moment is hyped for maximum visual and visceral impact, but Scott doesn't display the slightest bit of interest or belief in the actual characters and situations. I don't think that's true. David Anson of Newsweek said, for all its reliance on old movie cliches, Top Gun is devoid of a strong dramatic line. It's a disjointed movie about flying school bracketed by two arbitrary action sequences. The likable Tom Cruise is simply miscast. He's not the dangerous guy everyone's talking about. He's the boy next door. I mean, I kind of understand that. I... Well, but like, isn't that the thing about him that makes risky business work? Is it like it is, he's both? It is. Yeah, yeah. Like, like he's a scamp. Yeah. Whereas like Ferris Bueller is just kind of a fuckhead. Like Joel and Risky. Broderick played Maverick. <laughs> yeah. But like Joel in Risky Business is the boy next door, but he also is opportunistic. And he's like a yuppie scumbag. Like yeah. he knows how to, yeah, he knows how to work his parents. Like, and I the, think the yeah. same about this character. Let's see, Michael Wilmington of the LA Times said, Top Gun is a male bonding adventure movie that's both exciting and disturbing, mind-boggling and vacuous. Measuring this movie against its model, Hawks' Air Films, you can see the difference between a great director making his movie breathe, his movies breathe and a super production that depends on action and hardware. TV Guide Magazine said, what Top Gun contributes to the genre is an increased emphasis on military hardware and an almost homoerotic attraction for male bodies. Almost. sweaty ones. Tony Scott is probably the best director to ever shoot sweat. I want to mm -hmm. just put that out there. Incredible sweat on this movie. He's and I love that they brought it back for Maverick. You don't see a lot of sweat in movies like this anymore. And they Although brought it John back. John Hamm kind of had like an alcoholic flop sweat. That's what I, I love. I love that's that. That's just Hamm. Yeah. 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 We don't even put, don't put him through makeup. He's okay. Tom he's Cruise like, had a dry set. He's yeah. Like, he's having no jokes. drinking on my set. And John Hamm's like, <laughs> but two kind of mixed to positive reviews from Siskel and Ebert. Okay. Um, Roger Ebert said, this is a movie that comes in two parts. It knows exactly what to do with special effects, but doesn't have a clue as to how two people in love might act and talk and think. I mean, look, the, yeah, obviously the yeah, relationship stuff is built better in the sequel. That's okay. You, you have to think about, the, I think, the, the time that this comes out. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like the 80s is a huge transitionary phase post Star Wars and these epic mm -hmm. blockbusters coming out of the late 70s. So like, this is like a big era of like change for especially like critics looking at movies like this is probably how a lot of people look at Marvel movies where they're like, what the fuck is this? It's the same way they looked at Michael Bay as he into cinema and Tony Scott didn't get the respect he deserved when he was alive. And now we're like, fuck, I wish we had Tony Scott. Yeah. And then yeah, Gene Siskel said, no doubt about it, Top Gun is going to be the hit that the right stuff should have been. They are not in oh. the same class of films, but this much must be said. The aerial sequences in Top Gun are as thrilling while remaining coherent as any ever put on film. Well, I think the question of all these episodes this month is going to be, is Tom Cruise the MVP of this movie? Oh, shit. You're I right. It is sort of like it's a- It's basically is Cruise, is Cruise the guy in this movie because this is I not really a movie like Kilmer in this yeah I really like Kilmer too and I do think Anthony Edwards is very good very it. good and Meg Ryan for like as as small as we get her good really performance Kelly it. McGillis is good I am gonna say that yeah Tom Cruise is the MVP it doesn't work I mean just like try to imagine whoever was the big 
kind of young star. Yeah. Imagine- Brad Pitt can't do this. No. He's too young, but yeah. A lot of people turned this movie down. John Cusack turned it down because of the politics of it, which makes sense. That's um, hot. I love this movie, but that's fucking hot of him. <laughs> I yeah. honestly could see Cusack playing that part in a Me weird too. way. I actually can see that. I think because he has the kind of psychotic drive that mm-hmm. Tom Cruise does, he just uses it for posting on Twitter. And he's just like, he's more of a pussy magnet too. Yeah. I don't a, know if I would buy some of the homoerotic tension with No, I would think that Cusack though. was genuinely fucking Kelly McGillis, not like, is he also yeah. like Toppin' Goose at night? Wait, yeah. I just, I don't think that that would come out as much. Think but. about this. Yeah. Top Gun with John Cusack, Tim Robbins, and Susan Sarandon as the Kelly McGillis character. I like a, bunch of left, a bunch of leftist actors in a, in a Navy yeah. recruitment video. <laughs> I'm I just think saying. Also Nobody knows saying... what to think. It's just really subversive. <laughs> we don't know what this means. Um, I also think that maybe me saying that it's for sure Tom Cruise's MVP is a little bit influenced by just seeing Maverick, where he is absolutely the MVP. Absolutely, 100%. So, yeah. But everyone's um, dialed. Yeah. After probably seeing Maverick do so well, like critically and commercially, like maybe that's enough like you know what i mean because like tom cruise should run a fucking movie studio yeah because i feel like like he was like (laughs) like even though he had his like followers and fans and like mission impossible people like i do think that there's something about top gun maverick that is sort of like the climax of his career in a lot of ways or at least like the climax of like this portion of his career you know i think a new rating system for this month should just be is the movie as good as Tom Cruise or is Tom oh. Cruise better than the movie? Then at that point, I would say Tom Cruise is better than Top Gun. I would say so too. I think Maverick and yeah. him, the movie, the sequel and Tom Cruise's performance are on the same level. They, yeah. they congeal. Yeah, they dock. Is it called docking when they someone dock. puts their they penis dock. in another yeah. penis? But this movie, Cruise is topping <laughs> the shit out of the movie. Cruise, Cruise is topping Top Gun. You don't fuck me. I fuck you. Is basically yeah. Yeah, he's what you can be my wingman is and showing the finger. Yeah, yeah. All right, great. Well, Top Gun. You know, if you haven't seen it, it's on it's HBO, on ne- right? It's on Netflix. 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 It's on Paramount Plus. It's every. It's Top Gun. The classic streaming network that we. And all seriously, use. more importantly, yeah. r- like run to go see. If Top you haven't Gun seen Maverick. Maverick yet, go to an I've IMAX watched, theater. Go to the biggest, biggest theater you yeah. can find. The biggest. I watched Top Gun screen, Maverick. The loudest. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. After working brunch where we did 200 covers and I felt brutalized. Like I felt so awful. I was so tired. I was so sticky because I'm the brunch bartender. I was just disgusting. This movie, Maverick, like really did bring me back to life. I w- I've made every conversation I've gotten in since I've seen Top Gun Maverick about Top Gun Maverick. Like it, it rocks. So everyone it's, should own this cruise ship. It's a beautiful and- movie. Don't think, just do, just go. Yeah, don't just think, go. just do. Go now. <laughs> and we, we get to keep talking about Tom Cruise all month long june is supposed to be pride month but pride is canceled (laughs) no 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 every time i see a tom cruise movie i'm eating some some fucking big budget snack food that decided to make a rainbow package tom cruise does pride but next week Again, we're continuing our cruise classics with cocktail, which we kind of spoiled for you today, just a little bit. It's okay. There's what a lot of cocktail, like eighty-nine. It's eighty-eight. It's the year. It's the year of my birth. And mm. Days of Thunder, which oh. is another Tony Scott jammer. His reunion with Tony Scott, the movie that I think 
probably just broke Don Simpson. We'll get into that next week. I'm really excited to talk about Days of Thunder, a movie that I had never seen before this week. And spoiler, it's hot. Days of Thunder streaming on HBO. You can check it out there. Cocktail, you have to rent. I rented it. If you're listening to this right now, you're probably listening to it on Patreon. And if you're not- Congratulations. Get on Patreon. You can- And we have several tiers. We have several tiers that start at $5 a month where you will receive all of our episodes. There's a $9 tier, which includes- bonus episodes every month. You can also vote for what you want to hear us talk about in the future. Mm -hmm. You can donate. You can be a a high roller. You can donate $15 a month if you are able to. And you can watch a movie a month with us live and experience all of this. Please check us out on Patreon. We we know that that it's hard to ask people for money. That a lot of our listeners are in the same boat as us. You know. You're, you're, so get a sugar daddy and get a sugar daddy, and then tell them that the first thing that you want is the the top yeah. tier subscription. Steal someone's identity and then subscribe. We would love that. Tell your friends about us. You can still find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find our back catalog, our back catalog, I love saying that, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Overcast. We appreciate you and we appreciate you if you if you have subscribed. And Jake, as always, we love Thank having you. Thank you so you. much. Thank you for stepping in last minute to be our replacement we need guest. You. you are our favorite replacement, but nobody can replace you. Yeah, someday you should do the movie The Replacements. With Keanu Reeves. With Keanu which Reeves. It's the only movie I've ever been disappointed in my man, Keanu, just because wow. it's a movie about scabs. It's the most blatant anti-union movie, even though I love Gene Hackman and I love Keanu yeah. Reeves. You can follow Jake on Instagram at Jake Gears. He loves um, 9-11. He posts 9-11 photos every day. He posts... <laughs> If well, we you, all if, said we wouldn't forget. Yeah, so he is your daily. He has a he runs account 911 bot on Instagram, <laughs> and that's why we love him. He's also well, a cinematographer, clo- but who gives close a, friends? Yeah. Who gives a shit? Holes are are clo- for close yeah. friends get whole. Yeah, close friends uh, get whole. Well, thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you yeah. to our new subscribers, and uh, please continue to spread the word. So Josh!